Mark this morning, Mark chapter number 10, and we're going to start looking and reading here at verse number 46, Mark chapter number 10, and we will start looking here at verse number 46, and we're going to read to the, here the end of that chapter, verse 52, and when you come to your place in Scripture, if you would stand with us for the reading of the Word of God, amen. Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 46. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? Amen. The Bible says, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side, begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. I know this morning this story we are all very well acquainted with. For the most part, I won't assume that everybody is, but probably the majority are, of the story of blind Bartimaeus. And if I may this morning, I'm not necessarily going to offer to you that you might leave here with some brand new revelation. Probably some of the things that I am going to say this morning are going to be things that you've probably heard as you have heard this text preached from, from every which way. But this morning, there are some things that God has I know laid upon my heart and challenged me with, and he directed my attention to this passage here of Scripture. And I believe that if we'll allow the Lord to do so, I believe that we can leave here, as always, by the effect of his word and his anointing, challenged and changed. But if I can, for just a few moments this morning, I want to preach to you on just a simple thought. And I want to preach, if I can, this morning on boxes 
blankets and blame. Boxes, blankets, and blame. Would you this morning help us? Can we just pray together for the Lord to speak to us here this morning? Father, I thank you once again for the privilege to come together into your house. And I thank you for every heart and life that is represented. Lord, truly today, I pray that your word go forth in power and anointing. I pray that you would challenge us and help us today. I pray anoint my mind and my lips to preach as would give you glory. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, as we desire to hear you and to see you, I pray that you would meet us here. Father, today let your word rest in the fertile ground of our hearts and let us leave here changed. And we will give you all the praise and all of the glory. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. Again, boxes, blankets, and blame. Some, maybe today you might think amongst yourself and wonder and say, what exactly does Bartimaeus, this story, have to do or signify with boxes, blankets, and blame? Amen. But I do believe that very clearly that God would want to speak and challenge us here today and deal with us, amen, right where we are. Right in the middle of our situation. That is one thing that I appreciate about the Lord. Is that He always stands ready. Always stands ready to help. Always stands ready to minister. Always ready to move. Amen. On behalf of His children. I can assure you of this. That when we come into this house this morning. And needs that are represented. And different situations that are on our minds and on our hearts or the complexities of life that are going on uh, that God did not have to hustle up and get himself together and say well I've got to brother Marvin I've got to put it all together today I've got to get something figured out here to help these folks before they here get into my presence no sir no ma'am God always stands ready and prepared he is not like us as to where we have to get the right things together and we have to pull it all together but he is always amen he's always available he is always present he is always faithful amen and he is always prepared as a matter of fact we know the word of God tells us as such in the in the fact that he is always working for our good always at work always putting things together and in order and it is always there and available and ready amen for the point in time as to when we need it I say all of that to make this statement I want to remind somebody this morning is the fact that you are not in a position where you are uh, waiting on God to make up his mind
mind to work on your behalf. Amen. You'd say, well, Brother Jacob, I'm a little bit confused because you this morning were just talking about as we press and persevere and as sometimes there's the process and there is the waiting. And yes, I understand all of those things. But you have to understand something when we say that, when we talk about the process or we talk about the waiting. Brother Ben, this is not the fact that we are waiting for God to get it together. We might wait on His time. We might be waiting for His purpose and plan to unfold. But we are not waiting for God to get it together in order to meet the need. I want to remind somebody that God already has it all together. I want to remind somebody that it is not about me waiting on Him. But a lot of times, Brother Eddie, one thing I can say with great certainty is the fact that there are many times that it has been God who has been waiting on Jacob Smith. That there have been many times that it is God who is waiting upon a people. Amen. Whether it be that He is waiting on us to believe. Maybe it's a fact He is waiting for us to repent. Maybe it is the fact that He is waiting on us to align ourselves with His will, with His Word, with what it is that He would ask of us. Isn't it funny how oftentimes we love to place the responsibility and all the things that must be done and say well I'm just waiting on God and if this does not come through well then you know then that's just uh, his problem and it's his situation but this morning I believe that there are some things that are evident from this passage of scripture that we can learn about and that we can lean on and that we can apply to our lives here this morning I want you to understand and we we are very familiar for the most part the context of the story as the Bible says that Jesus is making his way into Jericho and there sitting on the highway there in his place there in his spot there not only in his place and his spot but also in his condition Uh, there is this man that the Bible declares Bartimaeus as a matter of fact he is so well known I do believe that he has garnered the nickname as people would come and pass by that way that's old blind Bartimaeus as they were there and they were accustomed to and used to seeing Bartimaeus there maybe it was the fact that every time that you would go into Jericho that he was just as much as a staple and a landmark as any other building or any other tree or any other thing that was there Have you ever been somewhere and it doesn't matter, Sister Sylvia, how long you've been gone from somewhere that you can go and pull into a town and there are some landmarks, there are some things that are just always going to be there. I can go into Elsinore, Missouri and I I, I can go and not have been there for years and years and years. But that's Brother Eli where I grew up and I know that town 
down and, and there are some things that yes there are some changes there are some things that some of the scenery's a little different maybe there's been some improvement upon some roads or what have you but there are some things sister Karen I can tell you if you came to visit my hometown I could say that if you go by such and such you're going to see this over here on your right and if you see that on your right that's where you're going to turn and go down that road and you're going to go down there a little stretch and you're going to see something else because there are some things that just don't seem to change there are some things that are always there and can I say that Bartimaeus I believe brother Gary was such a fixture I don't know and the Bible doesn't specify how many years he had been there but he had become a fixture he had become someone they were accustomed to seeing as a matter of fact Bartimaeus probably with some tenacity he defended his spot maybe he found the sweet spot he had prime real estate for the passerbyers maybe he got into a scuffle a time or two with other beggars that tried to get around where he was brother Chad maybe there was some fellas said hey Bartimaeus we just gonna we gonna put up camp kind of right here by you and probably he said he said you'd better get out of my space you'd better get out from my territory he said because this right here this is where I make money this is where I get fed this is where my needs are met right here in my spot right here in the four corners or the four walls of this piece of real estate that I'm sitting on everybody knows me and everybody knows this is where I belong and this is my space amen they could even name it blind Bartimaeus highway because this is where I reside and this is where I'm always going to be you see I can imagine that Bartimaeus that mindset and he had that thought and as a result I begin to think about the fact amen if you will that Bartimaeus' experience and some might even argue that his existence was put inside of a proverbial box it was the space that sister Torbert was his real estate his blindness and his line of trade of begging those were his tools of survival that is how he earned compassion this is how it was this is how it is is there anybody here in this house that maybe if you were to answer honestly that you as well could see and say that there are some things in my life that brother Jacob they have become some landmarks they have become some unchanging places there are some things in my thoughts there are some things from my past there are some things from my hurts and my pain there are some things that's even been passed down from my parents there are some situations preacher as to where if I were to take an honest look I realize that I'm kind of stuck here in a particular spot maybe this morning I know that we don't like to talk like this but there's no difference it's still 
tell the truth. We have built for ourselves a box that we belong in. Maybe with the help of pain from the past. Maybe from the help of Sister Rick's some naysayers. Maybe from the help of different ones that came along and had said, look at here. Here he is. He's still in the same place. He's still in the same situation. He's still in the same, oh, you're not hearing me this morning. He's still in the same, uh, in, in the same outcome as always there. Can I tell somebody this morning, there are some of you that you are living in the confines of the box. You are living in the confines of the way it's always been. Living in the confines of I can't get past. You don't understand, preacher. My addiction, my pain, my failures, my faults, my sin. We could even take it a step further. Maybe you try. Maybe you've tried to change real estate a time or two. Maybe you've tried to move on a little bit. Maybe it's been you've tried another church. Maybe you've tried another ministry. Maybe you've tried to change your wardrobe. Maybe you've changed your address or you changed your car. But every time, Brother Stephen, oh, you start to move forward. You run into the wall that's there. You try to push one way, but the box is still there. You try to go another way, but you find yourself trapped. I want to let somebody know today that if there is going to be a liberation, if there's going to be a breakthrough, if the miraculous is going to take place, we are going to have to reach a point to say, I am with the box I am done being constrained I am done living here I am done being stuck in this place the Bible says that when they came into town Bartimaeus as he was there old blind Bartimaeus sitting by the highway Just as much a permanent fixture as everybody else. Yep, he's blind. He's the beggar. That's him. We know Bartimaeus. We know his voice. We know what his cup looks like. We know some of them, Sister Sandy, in their generosity came by. They probably even learned some of Bartimaeus' favorite foods. Here, Bartimaeus, we brought to you. We know that's your favorite hamburger down the road. We brought you your favorite hamburger today. Come on here. Because what happens is, is oftentimes the longer you live and are trapped and confined in a place, in a position, other people even pick up on, they pick up on what your habits, what your likes and dislikes inside of what you're trapped in. Come on here. They go in there and the Bible says that here they were, same road, same Bartimaeus, same situation. But the dynamic that was different today was that Jesus was coming by. Amen. You didn't hear me. I don't know, Brother Jeremy, did you mute me? Let me say it again. The different dynamic that day, same road, same blind man, same condition, same situation, but the difference, the variable in the equation was that Jesus was coming by. Amen. And 
Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus who's probably afraid to move away out of his box too far because he's done spent a life, Brother Michael, contained in that proverbial box. And as he's there, he has a decision that he's going to have to make. And can I say this? Did you notice before his body could move out of the box, the thing that came out of that box first was his voice. It was a cry. I want to tell somebody, I'm not at all going to stand up here and preach to you and say, well, come on, just bust on out of that box. Because there are some that that box, it has a hold on you. That box has got you tight. That box, and let me say this, you've tried to will your way out of it. You've tried to reason your way out of it. You've tried to your way out of it but I want to tell somebody there are some things that will have you so tight there's only one way out of it and it is a man Jesus it is a sea walker the blind man healer the leper cleansing man of Galilee the one endued with power I want to tell someone there are some boxes that can only be broken out of by the power of God. If we could all do it in ourselves, we'd been long gone. We'd been long gone, but there are some. And so though Brother Torbert, his body is paralyzed, even though he was not paralyzed, he was only blind. Come on here. But there was a paralysis that had affected and invaded his soul and his mind. It's the box It's the thought that you just cannot go anywhere but here. Hear me. The Bible said not only was Jesus there. Oh, but Sister Angel, there was a great company that was with him. The crowd is swarming. And, and Bartimaeus has got to make up his mind. Do I leave my post? If I leave, I mean, that somebody's going to mess up my stuff over here. Somebody's going to wrinkle my things. Or somebody's going to step on my... There's too, there's too many people. I don't know. And there's a, he's wrestling with all these doubts and with all these things. And finally, he, in his fear and what he could not do physically to get up and go, the Bible says, Brother Josh, he just be began to cry aloud said he heard that Jesus was there and so therefore he lifted up his voice can I tell somebody this morning you could be in the darkest pit you've ever been in you could be entangled and ensnared with all kinds of things and bondage and sin there could be things that have tried to suffocate you but brother Justin if there's one thing oh can I say if there's one thing that still attracts the attention of God. I'm reminded Paul and Silas, they'd been whipped, they'd been beaten, they were in chains and inside of that prison cell. But nobody put a muzzle on their mouth. Nobody could silence their praise. And in this situation, Bartimaeus said, I may not be able to see to get to him. I might have fears and that box has me trapped. My square of real estate has 
wants me stuck, but I will lift my voice. I want to let somebody know. I know it doesn't sound real educated. I know it seems like there might be more sophisticated ways to go about it. And that's the problem. That's the problem with the church. We've gotten so sophisticated. We're willing to die in our sin. We're willing to die in our dysfunction because we don't want to cause a scene. We don't want to make a show. And then you come in and out and there's failure and there's destruction and there's depression and there's despondency. May God help us one more time to give us a people who would say, I may not can get where I need to be, but I can say, Jesus, thou son of David, would you have mercy on me? Hear me. Because where we feel like we cannot move and where often we are stuck and living in our boxes, I want to say is that you do not have to let that silence you. Now there will be some who will try. There will be some who would try. I want you to notice that his very best effort of calling out to the Lord, the Bible said they were there and they looked at him and said, Hey! Hush your mouth. We've heard enough from you. We ain't, he ain't got time for you. Come on here. Bartimaeus, everybody knows where you're at and who you are. You just sit over there and be quiet. Come on. You're not shouting, but I'm preaching. Some devil's done showed up. Some religious stick in the mud's done showed up somewhere and told you, you just sit in your place. And don't you bother the master. You just sit in your place and don't you cause a scene. Don't you cause a stir. Some devil has told you, go to that church all you want, Justin. You show up in there all you want, but don't you cause a scene. Don't you cause a scene. You see, because we prepared this perfect box for you to stay in. And see, the truth of the matter is, if it is not configured by what we do and what our thoughts are, let me tell you, there will be people around you, Brother Eddie, who will be happy to build a box for you. They'll be happy to build a box for you. They'll be happy to tell you your limitations. They'll be happy to tell you what you can and can't do. What club and clique you're not a part of. What side of the tracks you should belong on. What resume you should have. What problems you shouldn't have. Oh, if you're going to go into that church, you better have it all together. Pastor, it'd be great if my life looked like your life. And then maybe I could do something. No, listen, they told him, said, hush, ain't no time you just stay there but the Bible said that he cried even the louder he cried even the more can I say is that there's got to be a point when you are ready when you know even if you don't know how physically you're going to do it but that you're going to say I have got to make contact with God if I want to change as bad as I say that I want to change Boy, we have learned the lingo. For Facebook purposes, we know how to spiritualize it up. Oh, I just want somebody to pray for me. I'm just believing God to help me today. 
Help me through this. I need to change today. Or, or, or it's a brand new day, a brand new me. Come on. I'm not making fun of anybody, but what I'm saying is you notice our attempts. You notice all of our strategies as to where we say and we implicate and we think that we want changes. But I'm telling you this morning is that change is difficult. I'm telling you this morning is that everybody can be inspired. Inspiration is easy. Transformation is difficult. It's difficult. It'll cause you, Brother Eddie, to take a look at that box and say, I don't belong here anymore. It'll take you taking a look at this and saying, I'm not going to let anybody put me there anymore. You hear what I'm saying? There are some that they would, they, they, maybe they have been brave enough to make it into the house of God and His presence is moving. And in the same token, there is some fault, there is something the enemy has you believing that you are not worthy of such transformation. You are not eligible for. You are not qualified. I'm sorry, your number has not been called. I'm sorry, it's not your turn. Oh, but you see, Bartimaeus, he done decided he wasn't going to wait in line any longer he wasn't going to let somebody wait until they called his number he said I am going to make something happen in other words brother Josh Jesus is here and therefore just because he is in the vicinity I'm going to take permission I am going to take permission to reach out and let him know that I need him can I tell somebody here this morning would you pretty please Quit sitting by quietly on your pew, living in the confines and the real estate of your box and waiting for somebody to give you permission for there to be a change. I want to let you know you ought to be the first who would be on your feet. You ought to be the first who would say, let me get to that altar. You ought to be the first to say, I don't care what they think. I know they tried to put me in the box I know they told me to stay there but I'm going to be the first one to lift my hands I'm going to be the first one to lift my voice I'm going to be the first one to believe God to do something on my behalf oh live by permissions you've lived by the regulations that have been imposed upon you And you have found yourself in a box. You know what else gets put in a box? God does. Anybody here at your house for an extra place for somebody to sleep? You've got a blow-up air mattress. Let me see your hand. There's a few of you. I still have not discovered the scientific formula... That Brother Torbert, once that thing has been inflated and then deflated, it does not fit in the box. The way I got it out of the store. As a matter of fact, the box that I had for the air mattress has now long gone been in the trash. So that bad boy's just been rolled up as tight as I can and put inside of a bag big enough I can take it in and out of. Come on here. You see, the problem is this, is not only 
Are we living in boxes that are self-imposed or boxes that people have tried to put us in? But let me say this is that we are often guilty that we as well have put God inside of boxes. We have him because here is the thing is there are times that because you are limited, you begin to think God is limited. That because it's a struggle for you, surely it must be a struggle for God. That because it's big, bad, ugly, scary, painful, all of those adjectives, all of those things that are very real, mind you, that surely God somehow, He is walking, you know, trepidatiously towards, I, I don't know, I just don't know, I don't know if I can handle what Sylvia's got going on, I, I don't know about that. Because the truth is, is that oftentimes our fears, our anxieties, these things, what we try to do is create boxes and say well God I know that you can in this thing and I know that you can in that thing but I don't know can I just get real and tell somebody there's some in this house you're battling with addictions you're battling with secret sins you're battling with some things going on in your family has your mind reeling and you look around and you hear somebody else's testimony and they're rejoicing and they're celebrating say well that's good for them but I just don't know if God can do it for me. I don't know if God can save my children. I don't know if God can deliver my grandchild. I don't know if God can do a work in my family. Because you see, Brother Jacob, we got some problems. My family's crazy. My situation's this. My situation's that. Be careful, friends, because such thoughts and such talk, all you're doing is putting him in a box. All you're doing, you see, they were answering on the Lord's behalf. They were saying, hush yourself, be quiet, and sit down over there. In other words, they were also trying to constrain the miraculous as to say there's no time, no patience, you're a nuisance, there's other bigger fish to fry, there's other things to do, and I want to let someone know today that when you came in this house, God has already known and seen where you are what's going on what needs to be healed what needs to transpire in your life but can I say often he says will you let me out of your preconceived ideas will you let me out of your religious antidotes will you let me out of the barriers of your mind and would somebody please let God be God? Would somebody please let him be sovereign? Would somebody please let him be Savior? Would somebody please let him be the Redeemer that he is? Oh, we often ourselves, he was in a box Bartimaeus was put in that box and God put in that box. I want to ask somebody this morning, if you take a look at what your limitations are, have you transferred them over to heaven and said, well, maybe my limitations implicate that God is limited. Can I say, is that God doesn't fit in any of our boxes. God doesn't fit in your definitions God doesn't fit 
in the confines of what the doctor said. God doesn't fit in the confines of what the banker said, what the judge said, what this said, what that said. God doesn't fit in those things. God is looking to be released from the confines that we put Him in. Would you dare to believe Him and let go of that box? The Bible says, as He cried aloud the more, that Jesus stood still. That Jesus stood still. That cry, that broken cry that got His attention. Jesus stood still and He told someone, said, call Him over here to me. The Bible says that they approached Bartimaeus and they told him, they said, take comfort. Said, take comfort. It said here, it says here, and they, all, they call the blind man, saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And the Bible says, and he casting away his garment rose and came to Jesus. First, it was the fact that he cried. And after he cried, after the limitations, come help me Bartimaeus. After his limitations, Jesus stops. Jesus stops. He calls for him. And he says, bring him over here to me. Now Bartimaeus, when they go to him, he's sitting at his spot on the highway. His cry has broken through the box. Jesus has proven, even amongst the religious and well-intending, and even despite Bartimaeus' pain, despite his situation, despite his limitations, he's going to stand and he calls for him. Now I want you to notice something here. Is that Jesus could have very well, Sister Cindy, just opened his mouth and said, be healed. He could have. He could have went over to Bartimaeus and he could have said, here I am, Bartimaeus, and just went over and touched him on his eyes. And his eyes opened. But the Bible says that they sent for him and Christ had called for him to come to him. The thing, and I know that you probably heard this before, but the thing that stands out to me is that garment. The Bible says that as he was there, not only was he blind, not only was he boxed in, not only was there limitations in mind and spirit, but you see there was another layer. There was another thing. There was something that he took comfort in. There was something that he snuggled up with. There was something that kept him company. There was something that kept him from the inclement weather. Have you ever seen a child that may be in the fact that they've been scared, Brother Eli, that when they're scared what do they do brother michael they'll pull the come on 
Come on. But Chris, we got a lot of folks in church. Hiding. Hiding in their blankets. Hiding in their blankets. Some, you might have sat here real comfortable because you said, well, bless God, I'm not in a box. Oh, but baby, you're in a blanket. Oh, well, I, I'm not, I, I believe God can and I believe God will and all of those things. And this is the situation. Brother Ben, there's a lot of us. We've got the right rhetoric. We can sing the right songs. We can get happy at the right time. We can do all the things. And you'd say, boy, I believe God can do it. You'll shout with families and, and celebrate with miracles and all those things. And you'd say, the box is not my problem. But I would like to challenge you and say, then maybe... Maybe it's the blanket. Maybe it's what we found ourselves wrapped up in. You see, when a child has an attachment to a blanket, what do they call it? A security blanket. I want to tell on Sister Audrey this morning. She's not in here, so she, she can't get me. But Corey will be our secret this morning. Sister Audrey, now I've not seen it. I've heard of, the, of its fame. But she's got a little, a, little, a little sleeping bag, sleeping blanket, and what's it called? Her happy, happy napper. Happy napper. And what, what is it, brother? Was it a unicorn? What is it? She said something like that. He said, don't ask me these questions. I don't know what it is. It's a unicorn. Well, what, it, what it is, it's a kid's sleeping bag and they might have them decorated like a unicorn or a teddy bear or a puppy dog you know and they can zip themselves up in it and and uh, there was a conversation sister haley uh, had with my wife and they was talking about that uh, that brother Corey and sister haley was uh, going to have to be somewhere and she was preparing the girl saying you know you might be having to stay here or what have you and uh, and th th and it was brought up about Audrey said just don't know you know if Audrey she'll stay she'll stay with uh, uh, Pap and and uh, uh, what Gran Pap and Gran and, and all that different ones but if she's got to stay somewhere else you know don't know how that will be well they was talking about that with the girls and Sister Sylvia they said Audrey looked at them and, and she, she told them she said I will be just fine as long as I have my happy napper as long as I've got my happy napper I will be perfectly fine and can I say we've got a church full of folks with their happy nappers oh I'll be just fine oh you see because I'm here oh I'm not worried about the box but I've got my blanket and my blanket you know when things when God starts dealing and when God starts speaking and God starts moving it's easy for me to just say well another time brother Torben another opportunity well, you know, Brother Jacob, I've had this thing around me a long time. It's kept 
kept me warm and it's protected me it shielded me when there were sayings and the list can be a mile long of whatever it is but I want to tell somebody that it wasn't just that box but we find there was another layer and I want to say to the church there are some layers there are some blankets that have to be loosed that have to be let go of because the Bible says that when Christ called for Bartimaeus he did not jump up and bring his blanket with him no no it said he rose up and he cast that blanket off and he got to where Jesus was he was liberated without that blanket he was liberated to get to where he was oh for Christ to do the miracle I want you to understand too many times when we are wrapped up in our blankets, I want you to see something here. Oh, get all wrapped up real good. Come on. There you go. Real good. All right. Within the confines of your blanket, Michael, lift your hands and worship. Oh, you can't. You can't. Do something else for me. In the confines of your blanket, Go over there and see if you can give Brother Pickens a hand. Maybe help him up out of the pew. Can you? I'm, I'm, and, and, you know, he, he, might be, he might be real wounded. And so can you, can you just reach over and get your arms around him and get him picked up? Oh, oh you mean you, you're incapacitated not only to worship, but you're incapacitated that you can't serve and help somebody else? Because sometimes when you're in the blanket, Sister Noah, what begins to happen is, is it's all about who is in it. Hey, Brother Michael, I, I, could I borrow $5? Could you give me something? Can't get to it. You can't get to it. Why? Because you're in a, blanket. in a blanket. Some folks get out of the box. You know what I found in a lot of back boxes? As a matter of fact, I should have left it in there. But when I cleaned that box out today, you know what was in there, Sister Sylvia? Bubble wrap. Sister T, it was in there to protect the package. I, I, I do like it now that it's quiet because it tells me I've got your attention. Because many can boast, Brother Pickens, that they are out of the box, but they still wrapped up, still protected. Because, see, some boxes say fragile, and it's true. Some boxes say contents might break, and it's true. We're all fragile. We got broken places or things on us that can break. And so we get all wrapped up and snuggled. But hang on, I can't worship like this. I can't help out my brother like this. I can't give like this. Brother Michael, there's a situation going outside and we've got to go out and fight. Can you think you can help me fight? Not with a blanket. Not with a blanket. I'm on the battlefield. For my Lord, I'm on the battlefield. 
for my Lord. I promised him that I would serve him till I die. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. But Sister Linda, we got a problem. I've never seen soldiers on the battlefield wrapped up in their blankies. Hindered. Things we're wrapped up in and it's hindering us. When we come to Jesus, Sister Carmen, He will always call you out of what hinders you. He's always calling you away from what has you tied up. Always. I will never understand, Brother T, why there is a church that will preach, come to Jesus and be happy and content to be the way that you are. We've got a generation of folks that Christ has tried to call, but they will not abandon the blanket. Thank you, Brother Michael. Boxes, blankets, and let me close with this, Brother Danny, if you'd come. Blame. Where does blame come into this? One thing that I see about this scripture that I appreciate, Brother Corey, is Bartimaeus is not looking to blame someone else. He's not. We've got folks, they'll blame their parents. You'll blame your church. You'll blame your pastor. You'll blame an organization, a denomination. You will point your finger and blame other people in the pew for the reasons why you cannot. Bartimaeus never blamed anyone else. I want you to notice is that Christ, for the lack of a better term, he puts the ball in his court. He says, I want you to come. Tell him to come on over here. He had to get up from where he was. He dropped that blanket and he gets to where Jesus is. But it doesn't stop there. The miracle, Brother Pickens, did not happen then. You see, there's one more parameter. There's one more thing that has to be worked through. And Jesus asked the question. He said, what is it that you want me to do for you? Tell me. Tell me. Does God know our thoughts? Absolutely. Does God know our heart? Absolutely. But he still, Sister June, wants us to tell him. You know why? Because, Brother Wesley, it, had, it made Bartimaeus come to grips with the fact, I am a blind man. I'm a blind man. I want to be able to see. I am this. When Jacob wrestled with the angel, what did the angel ask him? He said, what's your name? What is your name? Because name was symbolic of character in the scripture. In essence, he was saying, tell me about yourself. Who are you? Because, Brother Chad, God is not interested in the superficial things. He will make you call out. He will make you recognize because how can there be deliverance if we don't recognize what it is that has us bound? How can we have sustained victory in our lives if we cannot recognize what is going on? What our tendency is, what our situation is.
he said, I'm blind, but I want to be able to, be, to see. I'm paraphrasing, I know. But what I love, and I want to read this, and I'm finished. It says here, and I, I jotted down some of the ways that Bartimaeus took ownership. It says here that, as we read earlier, he began to cry out. He did not send a friend. He did not message somebody. He did not speak code. He did not beat around the bush. And I, you know, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't know if I should. He began to cry out. The second thing, he cried out the more. When the crying out did not seem to face the situation, he cried out more. Mark 10 and 50, and he, speaking of Bartimaeus, casting away his garment, right? He got rid of that garment. He rose and he came to Jesus. The other thing we find is that he says, Jesus says, What will you, or what will thou, that I should do unto you? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. In every situation, Bartimaeus took ownership. Where oftentimes in our situations, with boxes and blankets, we are more likely to blame than we are to take ownership. The last thing it says, immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus in the way. He followed him. He followed him. This wasn't, I need a miracle. Thank you. I'm done. Can I, can I say this? For some, it's the miracle. And it could have been, Sister Torbert, out of habit. Oh, hang on. Hang on. I, man, I can now see this blanket for the first time. Hang on. Hang on, I got my miracle. Ooh, God is good. Got my trusted box. How many times is God working or has worked or doing something on our behalf, but we want to gather up everything and sometimes out of habit, sometimes out of comfort sometimes out of we go right back to where we were not Bartimaeus he said I'm done with this stuff he said I am finished with it I don't want it to do anymore says immediately he he received his sight and sister Sylvia he just began to follow him he followed him tired of blaming tired of blankets tired of boxes let's get up and let's follow after the Lord every head bowed all over this place Father I thank you today I thank you for your faithfulness I thank you Lord for your mercies I thank you today that even this morning you're passing by our way Lord I know today that you are able you are faithful 
And Lord Jesus, I ask and pray this morning that you would help us. Help us, Lord. I know that there are times we put ourselves in boxes. I know others have tried to fit us into places. Tell us where we belong, what we can do, what we can't do. There are many times, Lord, that we have tried to put you in a box. Maybe we're up against a situation that we think is so big and so difficult that we're wondering if you're able. Lord, maybe today we find ourselves wrapped up in our blankets. Lord, of comfort and Lord, of what we're used to. And it's became a a safety place for us, a security for us. Maybe today it's become something as to what we depend upon. But Lord, if we're going to follow you, if we're going to receive, Lord, what it is, all that you have for us to receive, we must be willing to cast aside that garment. We must be willing to cast aside that blanket, Lord, and to get up, to quit pointing our fingers in blame, to quit trying to accuse somebody else of why we can't. But Lord, we take ownership today. We take ownership today. And Lord, let our minds be made up to follow you, to follow you. I'm going to ask this morning, maybe you're here. Maybe you're here and there's boxes you find your life contained in. Maybe there's boxes you've put God in. Maybe there's blankets you're wrapped up in and you can't worship, you're wrapped up. You can't serve, you're wrapped up. You can't give, you're wrapped up. You can't even fight adequately because you're wrapped up. But this morning, if all you can do is cry, if all you can do is lift your voice, I know the Lord... He will stand still. He will call your name. And it's up to us. Nobody else to blame. It's up to us to get up. Cast off that blanket. Get out of that box with His help. And make our way to Him. To identify what's going on. And to say, Lord, this is where I need your help. And allow Him to help us. This morning... I don't know exactly who I'm preaching to. It may not be to everybody, but it's to somebody. It's to somebody. And this morning, you need the Lord to help. You need the Lord to help you. You need some deliverance. You need to be set free of some things. And it may not be some physical addiction or problem of that nature. Maybe today it's in your mind. Maybe it's something that's plagued your spirit. But you need to make a move. God bless you. God bless you, Brother Jason. God bless you. Hallelujah.